Well, it's good to see everybody here tonight. I'm glad we have visitors from uh, Montana. It's, uh, I would ask if you had gotten lost, but uh, I knew that you were coming today, so for some reason you came anyway. So I don't know. Um, I wanted to mention, I, I meant to say something this morning, but I, I didn't have uh, uh, all my thoughts gathered to be able to say it, but uh, I know that had been announced that uh, the, I guess it was the devotional, I'm not sure, you know, I, I was a little confused by the announcement about uh, having the question and answer, and uh, that that was originally set up to be on the fifth Sundays, um, but if, um, you know, the brethren here want that to be a once-a-month thing, we can do that too. I, I don't mind um, mind doing that. I would need questions from the brethren in order to do that. Uh, but I had just planned on doing that uh, on the fifth Sundays to see if there was any interest in it. Uh, so if, if that is something that you would like to do, I'm sure that the elders uh, would, uh, would be okay with us doing that uh, once a month. Uh, so you just just let me know, or the elders know, and and we'll uh, we'll discuss that at a later date. Uh, if you would open up your Bibles to Acts chapter five, Acts chapter five, start in verse seventeen. It says, "But the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, uh, which is the sect of the Sadducees." And they were filled with jealousy and laid hands on the apostles and put them in public ward. But an angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go ye and stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Now, if we just break this down very simply, uh, later on we see that they did exactly as they had been commanded. And they preached Christ, and they continued to do that uh, through the remainder of their lives. But I want to simply break down verse 20 here. Go ye and stand and speak in the temple all the words of this life. First part of this is go. Go ye. You know, Christianity is a religion of going. You know, we, we don't... We're not supposed to sit around. Maybe that is what some congregations are accustomed to, but that's not what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to be going. And of course, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, that we're told to go out into the world and preach the gospel. And Mark 16, uh, verses 15 and 16, the Great Commission is given there also for us to go and to teach. And uh, we as Christians, we ought to know that people are lost. You know, we see that, Luke 15. And so we need... To be going. There's a reason that we need to be going. You know, we can't just stand around and do nothing. And we cannot uh, just just wait for somebody else to do it. Now, brethren, uh, I know this is an illustration that probably will be used from time to time. But, you know, what one of us uh, would, you know, and specifically, you know, I think about men in this regard. You know, there's a car wreck right outside the church building. And... The car is on fire. And we have a chance, a chance to get them out of that car before certain death. What do we do? Several men, I guarantee you, several men of this congregation would jump up. 
they would run out those doors, and they would pull that person to safety. I can guarantee you of that. When it comes to physical life, we understand that. But what, what about our spiritual life? What about our soul? Isn't that far more important anyway? And of course, you know, when we look at that example of someone that is about to die physically, you know, you can save them physically, but it is more important to save them spiritually. We need to be thinking in that way, but brethren, what, what's the difference to us? Where, where's the cutoff? You know, we would save someone's physical life in a heartbeat, but what about spiritually? We need to think about spiritual things. Christianity, of course, is a religion of action. We need to be doing things. You know, um, I've, I've heard it said from time to time that, you know, we talk about heaven and heaven kind of being a land of rest, right? Well, doesn't that imply that we should be tired when we get there? We need to be working. Every single one of us. Now the question is, how active are we? Now are we just attending? Or are we putting something into it? Are we putting something into this Christianity thing? Now um, we know from John 15 verses 1 through 8 that, you know, that as, as the parable is given that vines, vines need to bear good fruit. And if they do not bear fruit, what happens? Oh, they're cut off. They're cut off and they are cast out. Brethren, we, we simply need to bear fruit. And we need to bear good fruit. You know, I uh, just, just recently, my, my children have uh, had this desire to get out and start planting things. And I have planted very few things in my life. And... Uh, you know, if you don't pay attention to it, it can go very badly for your plant, right? You know, you need to give it some attention. You need to give it sunlight. And you need to make sure it's the right amount of sunlight. Certain plants don't like that. Certain plants love it. So you have to make sure it's the right kind of plant and the right kind of sunlight. And, and then, you know, you, you, you've got to water it. And you have to make sure you water it the right amount. You can't overdo it. You can't underdo it. And so... It needs attention. I understand that. But you know what, brethren? It, when it comes to planting seed, that is the Word of God, there are some pretty easy basics that we need to understand. First of all, you need the seed. In Luke eight eleven, the seed is the Word of God. And so we need the Word of God. We need to be able to go out and, and give that to people. Romans 10 and verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. In in Hebrews 4 and verse 12, it talks about the word of God being living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is imperative. We need to go out and give it to people. second thing that we need is we need some water. You know, people on the day of Pentecost, they knew it. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. The eunuch in Acts chapter 8 and verse 36 knew it. 
See, here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? We know it. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. The like figure 1 and 2, even baptism doth also now save us. We still need to get water to people. The third thing that we need is we need sunlight. Not S-U-N, but S-O-N, light. We need light from the sun. In John 6 and verse 68, uh, the, the apostle said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You've got them. We need them. We need you. In John 12 and verse 48, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The words that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And brethren, we need to have the mind of Christ. We need to think about the things that Christ would have us think about. And really, in order to do that, what do we need to do? We need to know what he would think about. And so we have to study the Word of God to get that. You know, some people out in the religious world, they, they believe that, you know, I, yes, that's right, I, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe in the Word of God. But I also believe that everything's just going to kind of come to me, you know, over time. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to get things. And they, they look for wisdom in worldly things. While they might find some, they're not going to find the totality of it, are they? Brethren, we need to look to the Scriptures because the Scriptures are what we need to be able to fulfill these commands for ourselves and for others. You know, um, I love 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 6 when we're thinking about this idea of planting and watering. In 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You know, we have different roles here. You know, someone might plant that seed. Someone might water that seed. You might even do both, I guess. But you you can do all these different things. But guess what? In the end, God gives the increase. Now, I want to point something out. I have heard brethren... Preachers, elders, deacons, just brethren in general, say something along these lines. Well, I've baptized so many people. Nope, they're out of number. Well, brother so-and-so, he's baptized a thousand people. That, that is great. I am thankful that that brother has done that. That's really great. Let me ask you something. Who is responsible for that? Is it that brother so-and-so who did all those baptisms? No. Who is it? It's the Lord. The Lord is responsible for that. The Lord needs the glory for that. I tell you what, it drives me nuts hearing people say stuff like that. Oh, well, did you hear that brother so-and-so in his lifetime, he baptized 2,000 people? And I'm thinking... You know, it's interesting that brother so-and-so kept a count. You know, why is that? Maybe brother so-and-so was not as interested 
in the Word of God as he was interested in the glory that he got from teaching the Word of God. We need to be careful, brethren, because the Word and teaching is not about us. It's about the Lord. We don't need to get caught up in what we have done because we have done nothing in the scope of things. It is the Lord who gives the increase. Go ye and stand. Christianity is a religion of standing. Standing up for what you believe in. Having conviction. In 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13 it says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Now the idea here is what? Stand fast in the faith. Don't quit. You know, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard people say different things on this. And, and the basic concept is very simple. You know, quit you like men. Well, what in the world does that mean? Quit ye like men? Well, the idea is actually somewhat foreign to American society because, see, today men are taught that it's okay to quit. You know, don't give up. Don't give up. That's the thing. So, so the manliness, really, is, is what? Don't give up. Not, don't give up on this, this endeavor. Quit ye like men. Men aren't supposed to quit. Be strong. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His mind. We are taught to be strong. We all need to simply stand. And stand firm. Now I know that is not always easy. You know what some of the best sermons to preach are? You know, when you're preaching for the, for the Lord's church, one of the best sermons that you can preach is on baptism. Oh, man, that is such an easy one. Not only do you already know all those scriptures, but you know, everybody's going to agree with you on that. You can preach on love, and man, everybody's going to pretty much agree with you on that. But then you have different things that you might teach, and uh, you know I don't know about that. I don't know. And then you you lose friends because you've taught a certain thing. But it doesn't matter because we are to teach the truth no matter what. We're to stand firm, no matter what happens to us. We sing a, a song, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. But do we really mean that? I mean, really. We should, but do we really mean it? I'll, I'll be very upfront with the brethren here. Got a couple of sermons coming up. That uh, one of those sermons that makes me a little nervous. Sermons that I love. I love my brethren. And I want to teach, but I know these aren't friend-making sermons. 
But you know what? I want you to know that when those sermons are being taught, I'm teaching them because, number one, I love the Lord. But number two, I, I, love, I love you all as well. You know what? I hope you know that when I'm preaching those things. But we need to stand firm in the things that we teach. We need to stand firm in the Scriptures. Go ye and stand and speak in the temple. You know, God has communicated His will by words. And we see that in 2 uh, Samuel th- uh, chapter 23 and verse 2. It says, The Spirit of Jehovah spake by me, and His word was upon my tongue. It wasn't my word. It was His. His word was on my tongue. I, and, and of course, you know, even, and, and sometime we'll have to go over this, but you think about Balaam. Oh, horrible prophet, you know. But, you know, and, and Balak wants Balaam to say, hey, curse these people. He says, I can't, I can't say but what the Lord wants me to say. I have to say what He wants me to say. I can only speak the things of God. Now, brethren... You know, for us, we need to we need to remember that that should be our attitude. Now, he didn't have any 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 way to go around that. Now, he wanted to, but he didn't have a way to get around that. He was a very greedy man, and he wanted the money, but he could only speak the words of the Lord. Now, brethren, do we only can we only speak the words of the Lord? Not because we're made to, but because we desire to only speak the words of the Lord. You know, again, you look at you know such passages as Romans ten and verse seventeen. You know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If we speak anything else other than the word of God, what what sort of Followers is the Lord going to have? Well, it won't be the followers He wants. We can we can preach some of that health and wealth gospel, you know. If you serve if you serve the Lord, you know you're going to be healthy and you're going to be wealthy. And if you give, then you're going to you're going to increase. You know how many fold they they'll tell you. But brethren, it. We need to speak, and we need to speak the truth. And like I said, sometimes that's hard. But it has to be done. It has to be done. Go ye and stand and speak in the temple all the words of this life. A very, very well put together sentence, don't you think? You know, it doesn't say go ye and stand and speak and then temple the words of this life. You know, what might that give the impression? Oh, well, hey, I can go and I can speak and I can, I can speak the truth, but I'm only going to speak the truth that doesn't make people upset. You know, not just part of it. What do we see? Go and speak all. The words of this life. Not just part of it. 
Uh, I, I knew of a congregation that they had hired a preacher, and uh, uh, I knew the preacher very well, and and he had mentioned that, well, this eldership said, you you come in here, there are certain things you really you can't preach on, and, and they said, we believe the truth, and we want you to preach the truth, but... You know, our previous preacher, he said these things really couldn't be preached. And so, you know, this, this guy, you know, he decided, well, I, I, you know, surely not. You know, and these elders, they're going to support me, right? So, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'm, I'm going to preach the truth. And he did. And he realized, well, you know, there's a congregation of people that actually did not want to hear the truth. And he was able to stay there for a while. But they did not want to hear all the words of this life. You know, when it comes to evangelism, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm sure you are. And the idea is simple. <laughs> I want everybody to be saved. I, you know, I want everybody to be saved, and I do whatever I could to, to help someone come to the Lord. But you know what? I have learned over time. Not everybody comes to the Lord. I can put things in the absolute best way possible, and some people will not come to the Lord. Now, someone might say, well, how do you know that? Jesus put everything in the absolute best possible way, and people still crucified him. Some people are not going to obey. They don't want to obey. And we cannot treat everybody as if everybody is going to obey. Some people just will not. And so we have to teach all the words of this life, not just part of it, everything. In Acts chapter 20 and verses 26 and 27, it says, Wherefore I testify unto you this day that I am pure from the blood of all men, for I shrink not from declaring unto you the whole Council of God. Paul declared the whole counsel of God. No, we can't ignore the parts that make us uncomfortable. We can't ignore those parts. And I know if, if you're going to be honest with yourself, that there are things that you have struggled with, maybe you are struggling with, and you come across a verse and you're just thinking, I really wish that wasn't in there. You know, man, you know, I, I really struggle with that. It'd be really nice if I didn't have to worry about struggling with that. But it's there. We cannot ignore the parts that make us uncomfortable. You know, that's why it's important to preach on those tough issues. It's important for us to teach on things like marriage, divorce, and remarriage. It's important for us to teach about baptism. It's important for us to teach about modesty. It's important for us to teach about repentance, about attendance, about all these things. And really what we want is we want everybody to be true followers of God. Now, we need to realize at the same time, people are going to come along at their own pace. And people are going to grow at different rates. But our job is we need to teach it. And we don't need to leave anything out. Because if we do not teach the full counsel of God, 
we're not going to produce Christians. We're going to produce something else. We're going to produce wannabe Christians. Why do we preach all the words of this life? Because it contains the will of the Lord. If you look at Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 15 and, and 17. It says, And for this cause he is the mediator of a new covenant, that a death, having taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, they that have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where a testament is of force, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For it doth never avail while he that made it liveth. This contains the teachings of Christ. And we better believe those are important. And we know that they are the words of life. In John 6 verse 63 and verse 68 it says this. It is the spirit that giveth life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I have spoken unto you are spirit and are life. The things that Jesus spoke are the things that will help us to live. And they are the words of this life. And then verse 68, like we talked about earlier. Simon Peter had answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Brethren, we shouldn't want to go anywhere else but the Lord. You, know, you think about every single one of us. Every single one of us here is here because somebody brought us. They brought us along. They taught us. Every single one of us. You know, if you think about it, how else would we have been saved? Somebody had to teach. How else would we know about Christ's sacrifice? It's through the teachings of the Scriptures. People who have obeyed the Word, they have hope of eternal life. Titus 1, 2. Are we going to be obedient to that Word? And part of that is that we do the same thing here because in Matthew 28... 18 through 20, as the Great Commission was given, verse 20 ends with teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So while we may have heard the Great Commission given to those men, it has been passed down from generation to generation until it has fallen into our laps. And it is now our turn. And we must pick up and move on and do the will of the Lord. Are you being evangelistic, brethren? Are, are we being evangelistic? Are we serving the Lord by trying to bring people to Christ? I mean, if we truly, if we truly want to be Christ-like, 
and Christ came to seek and save the lost, that's a pretty good place to start. Are we seeking and saving the lost as a congregation? And I don't mean are we are we sending money to missionaries and are we are we sending out flyers or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about are we personally reaching out to people and trying to bring them to the Lord? If the answer to that is yes, then we thank you for that. But if the answer is no, then you seriously need to reevaluate things. Do whatever you can to bring the gospel of Christ to lost souls so that lost souls can be brought to the Lord. Maybe there's someone here that is in need to respond to the invitation. Maybe you have some things that you're struggling with that you'd like to take care of tonight. Uh, whatever the case, if anybody needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.